people who have same-sex attraction. Do you hate them? I disagree completely with the idea that just because you disagree with someone means you hate them. That is not true. That's not American whatsoever. Imagine being a young man and getting your dream job. And since you're a Christian, you happen on your own time outside of work to stand up for traditional marriage on your own Facebook page. Nothing to do with your work. But then being called in and told, well, no problem. You got your dream job here. You take it down and promise to never say that again. Then you can have your dream job. And you'd be like, what, what do you mean? Wait, what? So I can't be a Christian and have my job? No, 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 you were told. That actually happened. And it didn't happen in communist China. Didn't even happen in communist Canada. I mean, well, you know what I mean. It happened in the United States. And it didn't happen in California. It didn't even happen in New York. What if I told you it happened in Georgia? There's a young man, a young police officer by the name of Jacob Kersey who is facing exactly this right now. And we've got him right here on this episode of The John Henry Weston Show. Stay tuned. Hello, friends. To celebrate the momentous overturning of Roe v. Wade, we at LifeSite have minted just under 10,000 of these brand new limited edition pro-life silver rounds. Now, each round is stamped with the image of the Supreme Court of the United States featuring the date that the High Court delivered this historic victory. And on the front of our pure silver rounds, LifeSite's logo surrounded by a brilliant sunburst and draped with olive branches. They, of course, commemorate our 25-year anniversary of LifeSite News. We began in 1997 in September, so September of 2022 was 25 years. These one-ounce silver rounds are available from our partners at stjosephspartners.com, where you can fulfill all of your silver and gold needs in this perilous time. May God bless you. Jacob, Courtney, welcome to the program. Hey, thank you for having us. Let's begin, as we always do, at the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Jacob, it is an honor to speak with you. And uh, I really believe that a lot of people have been looking forward to hearing from you directly. If you could, for those especially who don't know your story yet, tell us what happened. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity. So January 2nd of this year, very beginning of the year, I made a Facebook post uh, while I was off duty in which I expressed my deeply held uh, religious belief um, in God's design for marriage. And the post stated, God designed marriage. Marriage refers to Christ and the church. That's why there's no such thing as homosexual marriage. Now, the following day, I was also off that day, but I received a call from my supervisor on January 3rd telling me that I, someone had complained and that failure to do so could result in my termination. I respectfully told him I, I could not do that as it violated my religious beliefs and asked him what other steps uh, maybe could be taken uh, to resolve this um, complaint. Um, he told me to contact my lieutenant, and I, I spoke with my higher-up commands. They assured me that we're all Christians here. However, you know, offensive Christian beliefs such as what I had stated uh, is a liability to the department, and they don't want to deal with the paperwork. My major called me shortly thereafter, telling me to turn in everything that belongs to the city the following day on January the 4th. 
what that means to any law enforcement officer, especially if they're listening right now, they know that means you have been fired, you're done, you're terminated. That's what it means when you turn in everything. So I, I wrestled with that belief all night long, knowing that I had just worked so hard for months and months and months to get this job. And now, just like that, it was all gone due to my belief in marriage. So I go in on January the 4th, I have a meeting with my command staff after turning in everything in which they informed me finally that I was actually not fired, that I was being placed on administrative leave, um, and that they were going to conduct an investigation. This was the first time I found out that I was not actually fired. So for a week, I'm on paid administrative leave while the city investigates. Um, I was brought back in. I was told um, that they had found no wrongdoing, uh, that I had violated no department policy, no rules, no laws. However, don't do it again. Or in other words, we're not going to tolerate you being outspoken, even off duty, on your own personal time, we're not going to tolerate you being outspoken about your Christian beliefs. They informed me in this meeting that, you know, just be mindful. We can fire you at any time for any reason because you're in your work test period, which is not a very good thing to say to someone who's coming right off of administrative leave. My command staff wanted me to sign a letter of notification. In other words, they wanted me to agree uh, to abide by what we had talked about in the meeting, that if, as long as I didn't share any of my offensive, off-duty Christian beliefs, um, that you know everything would be just fine. Uh, they had given me an ultimatum. You can resign now or come back and we're going to fire you if you don't agree to this. And so under tremendous pressure, I resigned on January 17th of this year. It's unbelievable because basically they uh, they told you, absolutely, you can still be a police officer as long as you don't share your Christian beliefs. I, I, so I know it's on your own time. doesn't matter. But you can't, just can't do that. If you don't do that, well, you, come on, you got a job with us. That's mind-blowing. That's absolutely mind-blowing. Courtney, if you could tell us, is that legal? I mean, this sounds so crazy. This is America. You were in Georgia, were you not? Yes, in a small town uh, police department right outside Savannah, Georgia, called Port Wentworth. Courtney, what's the law here? I mean, is this allowed? This sounds nuts. It's certainly not allowed. Putting Jacob to that choice, how you described um, the choice between censoring his private religious speech and um, keeping his job is an unconstitutional choice. Um, so the department violated Jacob's First Amendment rights, both his right to the free exercise of free exercise of religion and um, his free speech rights rights when they forced him to um, make this uncon unconstitutional choice. You're from First Liberty. What has First Liberty been doing about this case right now? And uh, what, you know, what's your vision of where it is at right now? Right now, we've sent a demand letter to the city and to the Port Wentworth Police Department, um, essentially asking for two things. Um, the first being an apology to Jacob for um, blatantly uh, violating his First Amendment rights, as I just described. Um, and the letter also asks the city to respect um, moving forward to implement policies or revise their existing policies to uh, respect the religious liberty rights and also just the constitutional rights of their employees um, as a whole. And um, so we're, we're hopeful that the city will uh, take the appropriate steps to making these uh, necessary changes. Um, and so, so that's where we're at right now. That still, though, would leave Jacob without his employee, which was unlawfully taken from him. Is there some kind of redress to that, his monetary loss, loss of job? 
we're trusting God's guidance and, and Jacob especially is trusting his guidance on where we want to, what we want to do as far as um, Jacob's position is concerned um, moving forward. We're just trusting the Lord and hopeful that he will guide us in the right direction um, as far as Jacob's future employment is concerned. Take us a little bit back from where you, how you got there. Uh, you were a police officer for how long? And you had mentioned, I mean, this sounded like your your first uh, employee that you had spent long time getting into. Tell us a little bit about that background first. I grew up uh, with a dream to, to be a police officer. Law enforcement was involved in my life at a very young age due to a custody battle. I grew up in a broken home. And so I encountered law enforcement officers a lot uh, during that custody battle. So I grew up, this is something I always wanted to do. Uh, when I turned 16, I uh, became a Savannah uh, police Explorer, which is a, a program in which if, if you're an upper high school student, you can get involved with law enforcement. Just kind of uh, you come to, to meetings every once in a while. You meet, you just uh, you learn a little bit about law enforcement. Um, so this is something I've been wanting to do a long time. When I turned 19 years old, I uh, had joined the Port Montmorency Police Department. They told me that they would uh, pay to put me through the local police academy, which they did. May of 2022 is uh, a year ago. Um, almost a year ago um, from when we're recording this, uh, they hired me. They sent me to the police academy during the summer. Um, and then I had completed my FTO program by the end of December. So I was uh, a rookie police officer. I was brand new to the job. I had received nothing but uh, compliments. In fact, in this meeting, my command staff had expressed to me in the meeting what they expressed to me many times off to the side. You're you're wise beyond your years. You're an old soul. Um, you know, you're going to make a great officer. They had nothing but good things to say about me. Even my uh, training uh, sergeants, lieutenants all had great feedback about the work I was doing. And I was very grateful to God uh, for giving me the opportunity to do this, for giving me the ability to do the job. It's a tough, tough job. And we need good quality candidates to be law enforcement. Uh, law enforcement is struggling in general, even in Savannah, I've heard they've had, uh, in the Savannah area, they had a tough time at getting new recruits. It's a tough job to do, and, and, and thank God I was able to do it. Um, and so shortly after I had passed my FTO program, I was a solo officer now, new to my shift, getting along great with everybody, is when this incident took place. Just as soon as my career started, it all <laughs> walked out the door. But I know God is sovereign. God is in control. He saw this coming way before I did. And, and I trust that uh, even where we're at now, he's used this story to bring himself glory and honor. And, and really what we're trying to do with First Liberty is just to ensure that this doesn't happen to another law, and office, law enforcement officer ever again. I've worked with great police officers. Uh, I've learned from great police officers, even from those, uh, those from other police departments. These are brave men and women who go day in and day out, put their lives on the line to serve their community. And they deserve to have their rights protected. This is super tough, but I think the world sees this as, okay, it must have been something hateful. They, they want to stop hatred. What's your take as a Christian on dealing with people who have same-sex attraction? Do you hate them? We live in a time where, where words have been redefined, terms have been redefined. Uh, especially when it comes to what it means to love someone and hate someone. I disagree completely with the idea that just because you disagree with someone means you hate them. That is not true. That's not American 
whatsoever. Part of being an American is, is we're unified in the fact that, you know, as Americans, we get to disagree. And yet we're still countrymen. We're, we're still Americans. There still is bond and unity in that. And so just because I disagree with someone doesn't mean I hate them. When it comes to loving my neighbor, you know, a lot of people have, have, have tried to throw scripture at me, you know, and said, well, doesn't scripture teach you to love? Doesn't Jesus say don't judge? Well, number one, I point out that that judging, if you say don't judge, that in and of itself is a, is a judgment. So we have to make correct judgments. We have to make wise judgments. Even as police officers, you have to judge, especially if you're doing speed detection. Was it that car or was it that car that was going fast? You have to use judgment. You have to make judgments. It's part of life. But when it comes to loving your neighbor, loving means telling them the truth. You know, ultimately, as a Christian, you don't want to affirm someone in sin that's going to damn their soul to hell. As Christians, we point out, even our sin, we point out the truth of our sin, of our fallen nature, of our fallen condition, where we're at. And we point out, that hey, there's a Savior that loves you so much that he died on the cross for you. He took your place. You deserve to die. You are a rebel against God. You had broken his law. And God, the judge, and his justice had a right to demand justice, to pour out his wrath. And because he loved you so much, he poured out that wrath on his son so that he could bring you to him. And when you come into his presence, he's going to make you new. He's going to make you a new creation, a new person. And so loving people means telling them that when you come to Christ, you can come as you are, but in no way will you stay as you are when you stand before a holy God. So as a law enforcement officer responding to calls, I seen the brokenness. I saw the sin. My job in that moment was not to uh, try to convert people to, to my beliefs, but it was just to practically look at everybody as being created in the image of God, loving people and putting my life on the line, just as Jesus Christ did for us. And, and that's that's what it means to love. It means going out of your way to put your life on the line for other people, to, to tell them the truth and, and to stand for truth. And, um, you know, I, I don't see how disagreeing with someone means that you automatically hate them. Um, in fact, sometimes disagreeing and pointing out that disagreement can be a, a great way to show someone you really love them. Just a quick note before we return, if you would like to stay up to date on LifeSite's coverage of the latest life, family, and culture news, subscribe to one of our many newsletters by going to lifesitenews.com slash subscribe. And if you'd like to help us bring our truth-telling coverage to millions around the world, please consider making a one-time or monthly donation at give.lifesitenews.com. And now, back to the video. Courtney, what is the law about on this question i mean are americans now is 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 there something changed in the law in america that no longer allows people to voice their own religious beliefs on their own time outside of their job because that's certainly what it seems like not only in jacob's case we've seen this sort of cancel culture go on and on where are things at the law has definitely not changed to that point to answer your question. Um, the law protects employees like Jacob and all employees um, to respectfully share uh, their beliefs and, and disagreements, uh, different perspectives, like Jacob was saying, the law protects that and um, certainly also re protects religious perspectives um, as well within that. And I think the disconnect comes from not understanding that censoring religious perspectives is in itself discrimination. Like Jake was saying, everyone benefits when employees and um, just 
people are able to share um, their their perspectives, their beliefs. Um, and so censoring one viewpoint, um, the religious viewpoint in this instance, is um, discriminatory and it, it is certainly not not legal. Jacob, one of the things that a lot of people are going to wonder about, you are a young man. You were into your dream career, just finished, just gotten in, and you were forced to either give up your faith, basically the public profession of your faith, which is your faith, or resign from this dream job that you always had. Many people would say, that is soul crushing. How? How are you still there? How are you still smiling? The apostles are brought before the religious leaders and they are flogged for their faith, for preaching in the name of Jesus Christ. And they're sent out and told, never preach in his name ever again. And they walk out rejoicing. And I've had a hard time with that. These were men who had lives, livelihoods, family before they met Christ. And then after they, once they met Christ and they encountered him, their lives completely changed. And now they're going all over telling people who he is. And they were beaten. Never before were they subjected to something like this. And here they are being beaten for their faith, and they walk out rejoicing. I, I don't know how to explain it. Um, I'm not going to say it hasn't been hard. There have been nights where, um, just to, to, to be honest, uh, there have been tears rolling down my face, and I struggle with, with what happened. But then in a moment, this sense of rejoicing comes, and as these tears come down my face, I can smile and, and rejoice, thanking God for the opportunity, just as the apostles did, saying, you know, they, they rejoice because, Scripture says, they were counted worthy for suffering for his name. I never, I've never been flogged. I've never been beaten. I've never faced death like they did. All I did was lose my job. Whatever it is, whatever I can lose for the sake of Christ, I can be counted worthy of suffering for the name of the one who took my place. What an honor. What an opportunity to show the world how precious he is to me, far more precious than my dream job. As much as I love law enforcement, Honestly, when you become a police officer, if you really love the job, that becomes your identity. That's all people ever know you as. That's all you ever talk about. Even when you're off duty, you want to talk about the things you did at work. When you meet another police officer, you just talk about body cam footage. You talk about calls you responded to. But what supersedes that identity, what trumps over that identity is my identity in Christ Jesus. When I can be counted worthy for suffering for his name, no matter if there's stream, uh, tears streaming down my face, I believe with the Holy Spirit, we can smile and rejoice knowing that we are counted worthy of suffering for the name of the one who took our place. Wow. That is so beautiful. And indeed you are. Many people might say, oh, he's not, he's not suffering for Jesus himself. It's only this, this weirdo belief that he has. Well, I would remind everyone, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. And what you stood up for was the truth, his truth. Uncomfortable today for sure, because the scriptures tell us in the end there will come people with itching ears who won't want to hear the truth of the gospel. But St. Paul tells Timothy, I charge you before God that you should preach the truth in season and out of season. And yeah, you're preaching out of season. <laughs> you're doing that for love, for love for Jesus, yes, but also for your brothers who are harming themselves. Courtney, where is the 
case going now? How can people uh, interact with this? How can they support Jacob? Like I mentioned earlier, we had sent a demand letter to the city and we are hopeful that they will uh, work with us to um, ensure that their policies adequately protect um, the constitutional rights of their employees. Um, and beyond that, as far as being staying active in the case and um, certainly following Jacob's story, you can always watch at firstliberty.org. Um, we have our case updates on that page and you can follow what we're doing in Jacob's case through that website. Jacob. You're a young man. What is your advice for young men in this culture and just young people generally in this culture? Because this is intimidating. They might look at your case and say, oh, wow, if I stand up for my faith, I'm just going to be crucified like that. Because even though you say you didn't come to blows or to death or to whatever like the apostles did, there's a lot there. What's your message? You cannot do it on your own. That's why Jesus promised to send a comforter, to send the Holy Spirit to empower you. You're listening right now and you say, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can give up things that I really love and cherish that I've worked so hard for. Well, the reality is you can't, not on your own. It takes a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit working through you. So abide in Christ, abide in his word, abide in prayer, continue in prayer, be watchful. And, and trust that he's going to bring about the opportunities for you to stand, for you to be salt and light. You know, salt is not effective in the salt shaker. It has to be applied. So as you abide in Christ, trust in him, that he's going to present those opportunities for you to stand. It might be something where you, where you, you stand in a big way and, and, and you give up something big for God, or it might be in small ways. But trust in him, abide in him, check your motives, ensure that everything that you do is first born out of love for God, a passion for the supremacy of Jesus Christ in all things. And then secondly, after that relationship is right, then out of a love for the souls of mankind, out of a love for those people around you. So abide in Christ, rely on him, trust him, knowing that you can only do all this through favorite songs. My city of light is called, yet not I, but Christ through me. If that's your prayer, that's how you can take a bold stand in love for Christ Jesus. That's beautiful from St. Paul. I live no longer, not I, but Christ lives in me. Many people are going to be wondering, what have you been doing since January? You're off work now. What have you been up to? Well, we've been sharing this story, I've been traveling, doing a lot of interviews, a lot of media coverage, just sharing the story, trying to encourage people to stand for their faith, but also just to get the word out there, let people know that this is happening. These are real stories. You know, when, when this first happened to me, I realized I'm like, this happened in Georgia, of all, of all places. You know, I, you know, sometimes you expect to hear stories like this out of California or New York, and it shouldn't be happening there, because that's also the United States of America. But you, you you kind of get numb when you when you hear it coming from California or New York. You're just like, oh, yeah, that's typical California, New York. But out of Georgia, out of a small town, that was shocking to me. I, I knew people needed to hear it. This is happening, people. We have to wake up. So we've been sharing this story, but just spending a lot of time plugging into to, to my church community and to reading, to, education, to educating myself. And God's been doing a lot of powerful things in my life, and I'm just uh, grateful for the way that already we're about halfway through this year 
the way that I, I've grown in him. And I'm just uh, really excited to see what he has in store for the rest of this year and beyond. I know if uh, I was your dad, I'd be incredibly proud. Um, I don't know if you can, but can you share your parents' reaction? I grew up in a, a broken home, been, for the most part, raised by my uh, grandparents growing up. And, and, and um, my, my father is around. And, and for the most part, uh, they were shocked, <laughs> just like me. Couldn't believe that this happened. And in fact, I remember when I first got the phone call, I, I walked um, and, and I, I went to tell my, my grandmother and, and I told her, I think I lost my job. And, and she looked at me like she couldn't hear me and asked me to repeat myself. And, and I told her and they've just been in complete shock, um, but they've been super grateful at the outpouring of support at the organizations, especially First Liberty, just being willing to, to stand with me in this. Praise God that there are people out there who, who stand with us. And, and I know there are probably other families just like mine who have been completely shocked or blindsided or will be at what's happening in this country. Just know that there are organizations out there just like First Liberty who every single day, day in, day out, they wake up to protect the most important of our liberties here in the United States. And that is, as they say, the very first one that we had, religious liberty. There are people doing this day in, day out, and I hope people are encouraged by that. How are you making do for yourself job-wise or, or you know, um, how are you surviving? Stuff like that. I grew up listening to Dave Ramsey. My, my, my father listened to him a lot. The local radio, local radio station we have around here, he came on at nine in the evening. So pretty late um, for us as, as, as we, get, we go to sleep early. My, my family, we're not night owls, we're early birds. You know, I learned that saving is very important. And so uh, praise God that, that I learned to save uh, money. And, and uh, you know, what, if you learn to save and, and learn how to spend it, it can last you uh, <laughs> a little bit of time. Been able to do some side jobs here and there, uh, whether it's washing a car or whatever, time it, you know, now and again to, to help. But, uh, you know, praise God for, for those opportunities as well. Courtney, any final words from you? No American should be forced out of their job for their religious beliefs. And that is like the core of Jacob's case and um, really a portion of the mes message that we want to you know, spread is that, that this is uh, violative of the Constitution and state and federal civil rights laws. And so um, employers just simply can't can't censor religious perspectives in this way. Jacob Kersley, thank you so much. It's an honor to speak with you. Thank you for standing for the truth of Jesus Christ in this time that's just where there's so much rebellion. And you've shown an amazing example of both the courage, the willingness to stand for Christ, and even rejoicing in being able to suffer for standing for his truth. Amazing. Thank you so much for the kind words. I really appreciate you having me on. God bless you, Jacob. Ben Courtney, thank you. Thank you. And God bless all of you. And we'll see you next time. Hi, everyone. This is John Henry Weston. We hope you enjoyed this program. To see more like it, be sure to hit the subscribe button below to get all the latest content from LifeSite News. Check the links in the description to read more and connect with us on social media so that you can stay up to date with all the latest life, family, faith, and freedom news. Thanks for watching, and may God bless you.